And if you have a list of things that you want, you know, from your investments, it makes it much easier to just say no to a whole bunch of things because there are so many things out there. Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Chris Odegaard uh, in front of the lovely Hong Kong skyline and uh, excited for him to share a bit about his journey, uh, a little bit different from some of the other guests we've had and uh, love that and uh, excited for him to share his perspective. So, Chris, without further ado, uh, you mind introducing yourself? Well, absolutely. My name is Chris Odegaard and I am the Prolific Investor at theprolificinvestor.net and you know, I, I was a uh, conventional investor for many decades. I was a corporate guy. If anybody read Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant, I was an E. I was raised by E's. I grew up in E, and I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur, starting a business, being an investor, other than being on what I call the 401k highway to mediocrity. That's all I knew about investing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trademark that term, by the way, because I use it all the time. And uh, and that that went about as well as it goes for anybody. It is a, it is a mediocre path, and um, and then in my mid forties something happened. Uh, you know, at the end of my nineteen year marriage and loss of fifty five percent of my assets and thousands of dollars a month in cash flow, and all of a sudden here I was, and the mediocre path was looking, you know, way worse than it was before, and you know, so what do you, what are you going to do from there? And it could be a divorce. Everybody experienced lots of not everybody, lots of people experience this divorce, bankruptcy, a health issue that just you know whatever, loss of a job, and then what do you do? And uh, uh, coincidentally, around that time, a friend of mine said, "Hey, Chris, I read this book. You should read this book." And so I dutifully bought the book, and and, and it sat off to the side for way longer than I cared to admit. And it was Robert Kiyosaki's "Rich Dad Poor Dad," and I read that book, and the light bulb went off, and I went, "Wow, there's a whole other." world of investing outside of you know the publicly traded markets and so i started you know moving in that direction pretty quickly um, right around that same time after i read the book i was sitting in what i finally refer to as my van down by the river post uh, divorce condo if you ever saw the saturday night live skit with chris farley <laughs> which you have, I could tell by your reaction, the van down by the river. I was living in that place. And, and an ad came on the radio and Robert Kiyosaki's training organization was having a, a, a free seminar, you know, about 30 miles north of me. And so I was like, I got to go to this. And I signed up and the day that I was supposed to go, my 92 F-150, which is still here out of the driveway, didn't start. And uh, I could change a starter, but I can't change it that quick. And so, you know, I managed to find a, uh, a rental car company that would drop it, drop a car off to me. And I went. And if you've ever been to seminars and training, the free thing turned into the, the paid thing. And, you know, and, and pretty soon I had put $15,000 on my credit card for my son and I to take a whole series of training classes on real estate. And that was probably some of the best $15,000 I ever spent at a time when I, I couldn't afford it. And uh, so we learned about wholesaling and, and creative financing and flipping and rehabs and you, you name it. And um, so that just began a journey and to kind of shorten it up a little bit. Um, you know, nine years after 
losing 55%. I thought, man, this was a great ride. I want to start a blog and, and, and tell people about what I learned. And, uh, and I thought, what, but what, what credibility do, do, what credibility do I have? You know, nine years later, I was a sophisticated investor. I had a bookkeeper. I had financial reports. I knew exactly what my net worth was. And I was like, wow, too bad I didn't have those numbers from nine years earlier. But there's an interesting thing that happens when you get divorces that the lawyers make you take an accounting. And I found that, right? And, and, and nine years later, I had made up everything I had lost and multiplied it many times over. And, and I quit my corporate job. and and I never have to work again if I don't want to. And I said, okay, well, maybe I have a little bit of something to tell people because, you know, retiring at retiring, or I, I call it fire. I love fire, firing the man at 56 isn't, you know, the greatest thing in history. But when, you know, nine years earlier, you lost 55% everything. I thought, okay, well, maybe I have a little bit of credibility here. So that's, sorry, that's a, that's a long way of telling the life story there. <laughs> When did, uh, so it sounds like obviously a um, big event that happened with the divorce that kind of shifted the mentality. Yep. Um, how did you, you eventually read the book, went to the training classes. How did you go from or determine that you wanted to shift assets, right? Or pull out a 401k. I don't know how you went about that, yep. right? To start this real estate journey. Well, there was, there was, there was a, there was a couple things that happened. So I had to, I think my son was, um, you know, maybe 15 at the time, and my daughter was just finishing her first year in college, and she's like, "Okay, Dad, I I, I want to move off campus," and you know, and I knew this was going to happen before she ever went. And my thinking, even you know, years before it was, "I'll be damned if I'm going to pay somebody else's mortgage up there for the next three three years." So she said, "Hey, I want to move off campus." I said, "Okay," and it was the time of President Obama's first time. Homebuyer tax credit, and I said, okay. So we bought a duplex, and the we part of it just meant that she and I were both on the deed together, and and I actually didn't have the money for the down payment. So I called my dad and I said, hey, how would you like to be part owner of this duplex with me? So he put up some of the money, and I did. And then you know there was it was a you know two units, two units on one side, two units on the other, two bedrooms, and so uh, she lived in one side and. Uh, and rented out a room. And then we rented out the holder side. She was about 100 miles away. And she did some of the property management up there. And that was the first, you know, that was the first real estate investment. And then eventually the van down, eventually I had a post-divorce condo, which turned into a rental. And uh, then there were some, uh, you know, it just kind of went on from, it went on from there. You did mention the 401k. So um, I, I, I like to say that um, I have this ability of when, you know, some, somebody, sometimes somebody presents an idea to you and you say, well, that's too good to be true. And everybody just runs away. But when somebody gives me an idea that sounds too good to be true, I start moving forward carefully. I don't run away. And uh, I was involved in a, in a kind of a mastermind or real estate group. And, and, and like a lot of people in the corporate world, I had a lot of money tied up. Well, well, I had a lot of money before I lost the 55%. And then I had some some money. But anyway, it was still you know, a, a significant amount of money, but it was in a 401k with my employer. And, and, a, and a guy said to me, hey, Chris, ask your company if you can do an in-service transfer. And I said, well, what's an in-service transfer? And they said, well, that's where the company will let you take some of that movie, that, that money, and move it out you know, before you're retired and while you're still 
working for the company. At this time, I had been working for the company for decades, and I was kind of like, yeah, right. <laughs> if that were possibly, if that were possible, certainly I would have heard of this before, right? And so it just kind of, it just kind of just blew by, and I didn't think about it. And then one day I was at work, and I didn't think about it, and I looked it up, and I checked, and the company would let me take all of their matching contributions over the years and move it out, and I did. And so there was a chunk of money that 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 I used to get starting in some other some other real estate investments. Now, this is a company by company thing. You, you just don't know, but it's the question you need to ask. Can I do an in-service transfer? And so lo and behold, all of a sudden I had this chunk of money to help me help jump me out of the stock market into in into alternative investments. So that was awesome. <laughs> How did you uh, what was your strategic framework as you were starting to make decisions, right? Around do you upgrade from the van to the condo, right? Versus buying a duplex versus, you know, another uh, real estate investment or some other alternative, right? Which uh, likely came to you at some point in the journey, right? How, how do you determine where to allocate, you know, the money given yeah, the opportunities? I, yeah, I, w- I wish you said how did it strategic. I wish I could say it was all that clean and, and, and nice. It was two steps forward, three steps back, one to the left and one to the right. So I started off, I really got enamored with notes, performing and non-performing notes. And, you know, the, in theory, you know, you had all the benefits of real estate without the tenants and toilets and all that kind of stuff. But, in, if, and I know there are a lot of people that love notes and are very successful it was a nightmare for me. It was more, it was way more work than any of the, you know, the single family rentals or, or small multifamilies. It was, it was, it was just awful. And the same company that I was buying notes from and got my training from, they started a note fund. And, and, and there was this uh, a webinar and the guy was like, look, you know, the same money that you're spending, that you're putting in notes, you could earn almost the same amount of money without any of the work. And that really, that really appealed to me. And so I did that. And one of the problems with the notes is there's no tax benefits in, 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 in that, right? Uh, but, but that was kind of that was kind of unbeknownst to me at the time, my intro, introduction to syndication. And so um, and, and you know in, in this you know in this world, you have to kind of surround yourself around people and podcasts. It's, it's an education process you have to learn. And so little did I know that was kind of my first syndication. And then, um, and now my favorite thing today is apartment syndications. And I just love being a limited partner. I put my, I put my money in and three or four years, it comes back with twice as many friends. And once I've wired off the money, you know, I don't really have to do anything. And so it was, you know, it was single families and small multifamilies and it was notes. And then it was a note fund. And then I was like, wow, there's a, there's a better way here because I'm all about making the most amount of money with the least amount of my time. So that, that's the strategic thing, but it wasn't a very smooth, smooth pass. It was a trial and error kind of a thing. So you mentioned the time component, right? Um, and obviously your story elicits a bit of that in terms of managing yourself versus, you know, uh, giving up some of the return to have someone manage it for you. How did that drive your decision making? It sounds like you were parallel pathing for nine years where you were investing in real estate, still had the, the full-time job. And at some point you jumped over, right? Talk to me a little bit about that, the importance of time and, and how that has framed kind of what you've gone after from an investment perspective. 
Well, yeah, I was doing, I was doing, you know, I was still had a full-time job and, you know, and I was uh, for a while there, I was just burning the candle at both ends, working, working my nine to five job. And then I would come home and work my five, five to nine job. And, and so, and I actually had some, ended up in an emergency room with some pretty serious, you know, almost life threatening health issues just because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping, my nutrition, my physical fitness, it just all wasn't working. And I just, you know, the question is, what is the, how do you do this? And so just kind of along the way, uh, like I said, through the education process, I, I stumbled across, and I, I just, I wrote an article about this, about the three ways to invest in real estate. So I think this is kind of related, you know, there, there's the do-it-yourself method, you know, go out and be the jack of all trades, single family, marital, whatever. And then there's the turnkey method where you go find a what's called a turnkey provider. That's a, a company that works in a particular cash flowing market in the United States. And they will go, they will go find, uh, you know, great three, two rentals and do durable upgrades. They will put a tenant in place and then you come along and, and, and you know, and then have property management. You come along with your bank loan or your cash or you buy it. And then, and then the third way is the syndication where you just come alongside a great operator and put in your money. And what's interesting, and I've actually put this on my website, the money that's involved, the risk that's involved, and the time development, the time that's involved. And with the syndication, you get the highest returns for the same amount of money in and the less amount of your the least amount of your time. And I, I found that, you know, out the hard way over time. And I just don't you know, I don't know. I have this aversion to trading time for money anymore. I did that for way too many years, and I, I don't want everyone to do that again, you know? So if you've got someone who's interested in learning more about real estate and kind of going down the path, right? Uh, obviously, you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That kind of spurred you in the right direction. Right. What place would you say is, a, you know, a good place to start or resource or, you know, like... I, it can be mind-numbing at times, right? Yeah, yeah. to take action, right? Yeah, uh, right. So this, I'm moving forward. Yeah, so it's going to sound very self-serving, but I wrote a book called Get Off Your Ass and Manage Your Money, Why You Need Alternative Investment. So after, you know, I had gone through this nine-year journey, uh, I thought, well, you know, my journey was very inefficient. I could, now I know enough to to tell somebody how, what would be a, a straighter line with less mistakes and less jogs to the left and the right. So that's one place to start. But if people go to my website, theprolificinvestor.net, I list a whole bunch of books and a whole bunch of podcasts and some of the places where I have done investing. But it's, you know, it's not like being a conventional investor where you put your money in a Vanguard, you know, target retirement fund. It's harder. You have to get smarter. And the, the the things that are available to you are so numerous. So I can't, you know, nobody can say, go do it this way. You have to find, you know, the, the alternative asset that matches your risk tolerance, and your personality and your skill set and how, you know, how much money you want to make and how much time you want to devote. And, and so it, it, you really have to, it's an education thing. And, and unfortunately, it, it just takes a little bit more time, but the benefits are so much better, right? so much better. What uh, what were some of the biggest benefits to you, right? You obviously talked about time, right? Uh, so moving out of the job and kind of moving into, I don't know, your own company or as an investor, what were some of the other big benefits in your mind to getting off the 401k highway and into- <laughs> To <all> mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, 
you know, it's uh, sometimes people like me get a bad name, like work's the bad thing, right? Well, I like to say you want to get to a place where work is a choice instead of a necessity. Most people are working regardless of whether they like that job because they have to. The place you want to get to is where work is a choice instead of a necessity. So if I if I get a ton of enjoyment by being a, a greeter at Walmart or helping people at Home Depot find what they need, and it pays $20 an hour, and, and I want to do that, and that's great, but I've got other income that takes, I'm not doing it for the money, I'm doing it because because I like it. So um, I think that's where people, you know, want to get to, sorry, now, in, now I've lost track of the question, you know, uh, so... Yeah, in terms of where they want to head, right? Uh, outside of work, right? Um, work not necessarily being a bad thing, but uh, focusing, right? Yeah, if you love like, what you're doing, it's not work, right? But unfortunately, I know I've been there. Most people are not in that situation. They're working because they have to in jobs that they don't like most of the time. So of the things that you are looking at, right? And your website lists a ton of different uh, options and alternatives, What's the most exciting thing for you today that gets your juices moving? Like, hey, I'm excited to learn more, find an investment that's in this space or well, this strategy. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's, there's a guy that I know and he coined this phrase called the power of boring. So, you know, I, lo- I love apartment syndications and uh, the particular apartment syndicator that I use has a track record of delivering uh, on average 30% average annual returns to the limited partners. And I'm like, you mean I can wire my money off and not do anything. And on average, I'm going to, you know, come out at 30% a year returns. And that is, you know, and we call it, it's really boring because we just send off our money and it comes back. But I think a lot of people would be really excited, you know, I mean, in the, in the history of the S and P 500, since it's inception, you know, the average annual return of the index is just a little bit shy of 10%. And there's no tax benefits in there, right? So I'm getting 30% average annual return, I get depreciation, which means, you know, I don't pay taxes on most of that income. So if you're trying to get to a particular place, I'm just getting there so much faster than everybody else. So that's, that's kind of exciting and and boring all at the same time. It's the exciting, boring consistency, right? Uh, that you look for. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's tough in the alternative space because there are. I mean, people syndicate car washes, ATM machines. You can do notes. There's different debt plays, and and there's just so many things out there that you really have to narrow your focus and say have an investment criterion. It's like, what am I wanting to get from my investments? I want a certain amount of return. Is it an appreciating asset? Does it has built-in tax advantages? Can you use leverage? And if you have a list of things that you want, you know, from your investments, it makes it much easier to just say no to a whole bunch of things because there are so many things out there. Who is uh, who's the partner that you use that you would recommend on the apartment syndications? Yep. Yeah, I use Western Wealth Capital, and they're actually out of uh, of Vancouver, Canada, and they are just. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, in this particular situation, the asset really doesn't matter. You know, they they do apartment buildings, and uh, you could have two identical apartment buildings on the same on on either side of the same street, 
and, and one syndicator would you know, take that thing to great heights and the other one would be a complete failure. So you're really looking for, I'm investing in the team, the people who are experts in this asset class. Right. They, they look at them, they buy them, they improve them, they sell them. And, and it's, you know, anything that they put in front of me, I will invest in, hmm. you know, hands down. I take it and, down. And, and, and the nice thing, sorry to interrupt, but the nice thing about the private space is the public space. I know the CEO. I can call her up. Uh, you know, the two co-founders, I've met them. I've had drinks with them. I've spent time with them. I could call them up. You don't get to do that when you're investing in Coca-Cola, you know. <laughs> yeah, a little different, right? Uh, you get escorted off the property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy is crazy. He thinks he can talk to me, right? <laughs> That's funny. Um, what's the best way for the audience to be able to connect with you, Chris? Yeah, if you go to uh, theprolificinvestor.net, uh, everything about me is there. And probably the most interesting thing uh, is that if you want to have a free 30-minute virtual coffee with me, I do those on Thursdays. You can click on the little coffee cup and get on my schedule. And I'm happy to love to talk with people about investing in this space and help them out in any way I can. Awesome. Appreciate your time today, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on The Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 